All right, everybody, welcome back into the Tim and Tony podcast. My name is Tony Felix. And my name is Tim LaDuke. All right, Tim, so we live in a world where the Suns went 8-0 in the bubble. When is the last time they had an eight-game winning streak? Oh. You know, the thing – I know we're going to talk about this later, but the th- – I know you're much more upset about the Suns thing than I am. Um, I'm expecting whatever could go wrong would go wrong. Um, I'm going to guess the last time they had an eight-game winning streak had to be, let's say, 12 years ago. Okay, so 09-10, so Damn. a decade ago. So they they went on a 10-game winning streak. Uh, so, yeah, they, they, That's they the won last a little... Last year, right? Uh, yes, I, I do believe so. So obviously that's going to be the last time we also made the playoffs and thus makes a decade of not making the playoffs. Not for nothing, uh, most teams in the NBA make the playoffs, 16 <laughs> out of 30. Uh, so, you know, we've been – and you'd think that you'd get at least a couple good players being in the lottery for 10 years, but, you know. This is the Tim and Tony podcast, home of two fans that root for teams that are just. You can meet me in five, we can make it go right away. Baby, meet me outside, you ain't tripping no time, no place. You can put me to the side, you can set that shit aside. Abysmal. (laughs) All right, Tim. So, what are we talking about today? Well, first of all, I need to uh, apologize to the audience briefly uh, for my audio quality. Um, I do not have my mic today. It is somewhere in my house, and I'm I'm too lazy to find it, frankly. So. You're dealing with however good a quality my uh, Dell computer can produce here. Um, so, you know, the, the first thing that we're going to talk about today is uh, bubble basketball, specifically an RIP uh, to the Suns. You know, no, no, you know what? I, I don't want them to be peaceful. I, I don't want them to be resting. I want them to be working. I want them to be very anxious. And I want them to be very worried. But yeah, you, before you want we go into the- that, go yeah, ahead. no, no, no. I want I, I want them on the edge of their seats for the entire offseason. Uh, albeit the offseason is apparently like a month. But so I don't know if you know this, Tim, but uh, Fernando Tatis uh, Jr., he's pretty good at baseball. Oh, yeah. I've had um, a team since he came up last year. It's been a very uh, enjoyable experience. Yeah, so then as you know, probably very well, he had a very good day yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, but that did not come with some people that decided to get a little butt hurt because um in true baseball fashion, uh <laughs> we're, we're angry when when young, exciting, uh shall we say, non-white uh, athletes uh just have the unmitigated gall to be entertaining. Um, I don't think we should uh, preface it with, shall we say, it's almost exclusively non-white athletes, but continue. Sure. 
Um, so because Bryce Harper has been know. doing Bryce Harper's been doing a version of this since he came up and has never gotten half of the shit that Latino players get. But okay, go ahead. Yes, yes. Um, so Fernando Tatis Jr. He had two home runs yesterday. First one, nobody had any problems with. Um, it was a three-run home run. Then, um, and let me set the stage for you, Tim. I believe it was ten to one at this point. Uh, the count was three zero. Um, yeah, and the bases are loaded, and he, like I said, just had the audacity. He had the just the unmitigated gall. I believe is what I said earlier to swing at a pitch down the middle, and God forbid. Since you know he's one of the best players of the of the baseball on the entire earth, when you serve up a batting practice fastball down the middle, he's going to hit it. He's going to hit it hard, and he did. And then the pitcher said at, at after the game, you know, I just I feel like that that's not really the time and place for it. You you know what? I don't feel like <laughs> it's the time and place to serve an eighty seven mile an hour fastball down the middle one of the best players in the game and you to expect nothing other than you getting shit on to happen so you know it's if you don't want to get a home run hit against you don't serve up a fastball right down the middle if you don't want someone celebrating the end zone don't give up a touchdown i, I it's it's What's forever amazing? going and, and both for what it's worth both you and i are pitchers i mean in our yeah. illustrious high school careers, we're pitchers. Right. If someone if someone hit a home run, bro, go ahead and do a cartwheel. You just did a home run. Like I thought I had a good idea, and then I physically put a baseball in a place that you were able to hit about as hard as you could him humanly hit it. So you know, good job. That's hard to do. Do whatever the hell you want. You just beat me. And if I strike you out, I can also do a cartwheel. I, I thought that was the. I thought that was the uh, sort of exchange. <laughs> what's I don't know what's what's amazing about this whole thing to me is that baseball, including our fantastic commissioner, bitches constantly about there's no marketable stars, and then one like Tatis presents himself and everybody has a problem with it. Um, the other thing is what's what's so hilarious about this? Why are you swinging three zero up nine runs or whatever? Is that's the kind of shit that you tell like an eight-year-old when you're beating the other team who has kids that are all two years younger than you and you're up by 10 runs and you just need to chill and you're in some like non-competitive league yeah, yeah th this is these are professional athletes like i i honestly didn't like um a few years ago um this happened with uh jordan bell and the warriors and <laughs> kevin durant had the famous <laughs> mouth reaction and he got in trouble for dunking on whatever team they were playing because they were up big in the fourth. And my reaction is, okay, th these are these are professional athletes. Like yeah, you stop playing defense. Yeah, like I, if, your if feelings you're not are hurt. Defense, yeah, no, your your feelings should be hurt that you're down by thirty. Not that I yeah, dunked like, on you in the game to make it thirty-two. <laughs> right, like your feelings are hurt. You make millions of dollars to play a sport, and you're doing it poorly. <laughs> I, I don't so, I don't under, I don't understand what like I don't understand why we should like take the foot off the gas this is the one area where I actually agree with Belichick on where he's up 30 he's trying to go up 37 
Yeah. At all times. Always if, if you ever, on their throat. If, if you ever want to just refute in your mind the unwritten rules of baseball, just go back and watch a random 2007 Patriots game against like the Chargers or whatever. Because I swear to God, Tim, we'll be up. Yeah, and I said we. We'll be up like 49 to 7. Belichick's still running like quadruple reverses. It's it's fantastic. We're still having Brady throw 70 yards down the field. And he's still getting the, the sidelines just as jacked up as though it's the Super Bowl. It's so much fun to watch. But I mean, yeah. it's just like they're unwritten rules. I Then they don't exist. I don't care. Like the whole don't run across the don't. We don't need to go through all of them, but don't run across the mound. Like who cares? It's. I it, it a lot of those right. I just couldn't care less. Stepping on the line, I would stare at people on my team that cared about that as I stepped on the line because I knew it bothered them. Like I I just don't care. Yeah, and the other thing that that I think that should be discussed is like if this is Manny Machado doing this, a guy who has a contract that's gonna set him up for the rest of his life, that's one thing. As good as Tatis is, he's still on a rookie deal. And every home run, every RBI, every tick of the average that goes higher is just more money on his future contract. So, like, I'm sorry, but, like, if you're, if you're telling a 20-year-old not to try when he's chasing a contract and he's definitely going to eventually get traded from that team, um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I just... I find it completely ridiculous and it's kind of a microcosm of everything that's, that's wrong with baseball at the moment. But yeah, thank, thanks for bringing up such a cheery set. We, we talk about a lot of cheery shit. <laughs> now, well, I mean, something, something cheery. Did you see who uh, came to Tatis's defense on Twitter? Uh, who no. I think should be running uh, MLB's PR department, Trevor Bauer. <laughs> He said he basically tweeted out to the effect that the only thing that you did wrong was apologize, keep hitting home runs. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know, yeah, yeah. No, it's you're you're totally right. If you hit, like I said, if you hit home run, do everything but like swing a bat at another human being. Other than that, I don't really care what you do. Have fun. You just you you just hit a home run off of a off of a professional pitcher. So congratulations. Yeah, Trevor Bauer is like that friend of yours who was trying to tell you about Bitcoin when it was at like a share and then it exploded to $10,000 a share. And he went from like conspiracy theorist, annoying ass friend to like, oh shit, that guy might be a genius. Like, like, oh yeah, he's in finance. Right. Like his early stuff on the Astros, I even laughed about. Okay, and it just turned out to be like 100% correct. Maybe he might have even been more correct than he knew about some of the stuff they were doing. Like there's never been a turnaround for someone who like who it it would be like. I'm trying to think of like a a huge conspiracy theorist. I don't want to say the main one, Um, but it would be like. Okay, fine. It'd be like if Alex Jones, all of a sudden, like everything he started saying actually became true. It would, it would just be an unbelievable turnaround for the guy. I'm, I'm so impressed by, by Bauer. I actually have a signed baseball by Trevor Bauer that I'm staring at right now, which 
I'm hoping increases in value as his as his theories become uh, proven correct. Yeah, I mean, once upon a time he was a uh, he was a young burgeoning draft pick for the Arizona Diamondbacks, <laughs> so full of hope. Um, and right. then the the uh, just wonderful catcher Miguel Montero uh, told him to uh, that that there was a specific way to play baseball. Um, right. Turns out, turns out Miguel Montero was wrong because uh, he's out of the league and Trevor Bauer's competing for Youngs. But regardless of that, what are we actually talking about today, Tim? <laughs> yeah, so we are here to do an RIP to the most exciting team of bubble basketball this year. And I, I don't want to shit on you too much, but you really stepped on my argument a lot. Like more than half of the teams in this league make the playoffs. And this year, a 17th team technically made the playoffs in Memphis. And if you're not good enough to be one of those teams over the course of a season, it's hard for me to feel bad for you. If, if, you're, if you're so bad during the regular season that even you going on an eight-game winning streak, you're still, what, seven games under five hundred. If you're so bad during the regular season that that eight-game winning streak won't save your playoff hopes, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. And they tried to let you in. They tried to give an extra team a chance. Even then, you couldn't get in. I don't want to hear from you. You were that bad, and your second-best player was, you know, either taking or masking taking steroids during the season. I don't want to hear from you. I, 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 I just don't. And by the way, all you saying that, oh, he he might not have been taking it. Okay, well, then then what? So he's using a masking agent to mask nothing. That's stupid. That's, yeah. that, that, that's So he's either cheating or he's stupid. I'd like to think that he's just cheating. <laughs> right. It's, it's, right. But anyways, yeah. We don't deserve to be in the playoffs. I appreciate all the goodwill that people have thrown our way because you know I don't. no one's really thought, no one's really thought or cared about us in a decade, and they shouldn't have. Um, I don't. It's but... been sarcastic. It's it's been <laughs> patronizing. It's been like it's been like people. It's been like your friends. Like if you were divorced for like twenty years and you started dating again, it'd be like the exact text message that I was getting from people. I'm so happy for you. This is really yeah, but uh, I'm just happy out for you. It's like shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm just I, I'm just happy to be seen. Right. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm I'm happy to be uh, acknowledged at this point. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I mean, we've been in a decade literally of wandering in the desert, both figuratively and literally, with this team. God, that's that's vivid. Um, yeah, but no, I mean it's. I mean the you and I are. I mean. Most most listeners know you and I personally, um, but we're about to graduate law school. The last time that the Suns allegedly just a laughing stock, um, we hadn't even started high school yet. Like it's just it's so depressing. <laughs> it's so depressing. I mean, Tom Brady's got he went to what seven Super Bowls in between now and then. I mean, come on, it's just it's it's crazy. He's even moved on to a new team. Like, there's so much that has happened in between 2009 or 2009 and now. It's yeah, it's kind of amazing. Like, and it, it makes me have a lot of sympathy for Minnesota 
who is <laughs> the only team at this point with a longer playoff drought than than we have. But, and with like less fun in between. Like they had Kevin Garnett but never really went anywhere with him and then he went and won rings in Boston. Like say what you want about Nash. He won two MVPs with us, went to the Lakers, and then we found out what Steve Nash would look like without our training staff. So, I mean, right. and same thing with Amari, same thing with uh, the other guys that left, Joe Johnson. But, I mean, it's just, it's, that's got to be depressing. Because, like, you had Kevin Love, then he won a ring. You had Kevin Garnett, then he won a ring. And you had Wiggins, and you thought that was going to be great, and he sucked. Carl Anthony Towns still might be something, who knows. But yeah, I mean, the, and, and I mean, I would say as much as I dislike Phoenix, I would say that it's better than Minnesota? Question mark? I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe they're I mean, equally as bad? Traditionally, traditionally, like the, the cold weather states have more diehard fans in them because there's just purely less to do. For half the year, especially when the NBA is going on, that's what makes the Minnesota thing to me like extra sad is I know that there's a whole group of people that are watching every single game just in miserable agony. <laughs> and, you, and you have just a general disdain for Suns fans and people in yeah. Arizona. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, have a, I have a general disdain for the Suns just in general, and I, I enjoy watching them fail in some sadistic way. Um, okay, so so let me let me ask you this, Tim. Do you think after what you've seen in the bubble and what you've seen up to this point, do you think Devin Booker is capable of being the best player in a championship winning team? So this is this is going to violate a lot, a lot of a lot of truths that I hold hold dear. Um, over the course of an eight game stretch, and I know that we're not <laughs> this, but I think these are very unique circumstances um, oh no oh, over the, over the eight game stretch booker actually went up a level in my mind i don't know i don't know if he's at the point to where he can be the best player on a championship team because he's never been on the best player on an over 500 team or a playoff team so Ooh. it's yeah it, it, it's hard for me it's hard for me to make that leap but i mean he's they they cut out the bottom eight teams in the league uh, for this circuit. He's going up. I mean, the shot he made over Kawhi and PG, on and on and on. You know, he he really showed me something in this that like for once he was scoring, making plays, and we were winning. And I've never been one of those people who said that he was a he was a good stats bad team guy. But it was hard to refute the argument when he was on such a shitty team. Um, it was nice to see him putting up stats and, and us winning um, for once. But um, I, I garner from your your laughter that you don't agree with me. Uh, so I, I don't think eight-game winning streaks uh, win you a championship. In fact, they only get you as far as the uh, conference uh, conference championship. So I would say that currently – his ceiling is the second best player on a championship winning team. Um, like, Which, by the way, not an issue. No, not at all. But it just further illustrates that the Suns, they, 
You know who is going to be a number one player in a championship winning team? Uh, Luka Doncic. <laughs> do you want to do this right uh, now? <laughs> yeah, I do want to do this. Um, you know, th- and this is kind of the reason why I asked it. Um, you know, I'd feel really great uh, if we had a, say, a Luka Doncic. Not even just specifically Luka Doncic, but a Luka Doncic. Uh, right. Wait a minute. Tim, Tim, what year uh, did he come out into the draft? Yeah, the year we had the number one pick and hired his coach. Oh, shit. And hired his coach. That's right. Um, okay, well, that's, you know, neither here nor there, I guess. Now we have the How many times, Tony, how many times did yeah. I tell you last night, I hate the Suns? Like, I, I literally just watched the Mavericks and my hate for my basketball team grows. Like, every conference, every time, like, Every time they're like, it's so nice to watch genius or whatever stupid like analogy they, they're making as he's pointing. It was it was hell on earth <laughs> watching. Yeah, it. like like we've got we've got Mark Jackson who's got one of the he's I think third all time career assists, and he's like, Oh my god, I don't know how he just made that pass. And he's twenty one. Yeah, like you and you and I are years older than him, <laughs> like years, plural. And this dude's just—he's—he's he's so good. And DeAndre Ayton's just so not that good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't like DeAndre. DeAndre Ayton's ceiling to me at this point I, is. I, uh, I don't want to disparage he, Ayton too much. It's. Is he is he Horace Grant? No. Like, is that what he is? I, I don't is, think he's that good. <laughs> if I'm being oh. honest. <laughs> oh boy. I don't think he's I don't think he's quite there. Um I think that if Aiden were on a good team, uh um, which he's not. Which he's not. And there was we had a legit number one um scorer. Um I think he would be more around the 14 and 8 a game type things that we were seeing from like Kevin Love in his Cleveland years. I think that's oh. kind of stat line he'd be putting up on a championship team. Um, I don't want to disparage Aiton too much just because. I do. He, he, he got suspended for taking a masking agent. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. To him. Like if you listen to the Suns broadcast, they, they almost made it sound like he was victimized, like he was attacked. By the league, like he's like he's like Roger Clemens taking. Well, no, real One quick, it's it's though he's it's though he's taking he's Roger Clemens taking some like gas station B twelve pill and he just didn't know that it was a banned substance. Yeah, like he was taking a masking agent. There's only one purpose for it. Like I'm sorry, to mask something. You have to be it's, suspended. And and by the way. The NBA famously is like very lax with testing. Very yeah. lax. So if they caught your ass, like, I'm sorry, like you deserve it. I, 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 have, I have no sympathy for that guy. But, you know, back to Doncic and seeing him score more points than anybody ever has in their first playoff game last night. <laughs> um, I forgot <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, oh, he yeah. he's absolutely incredible. I mean, the Mavericks are like 
The Mavericks truly are my mistress at this point. Like, we go to dinner. Wait, tell me. What? <laughs> tell Why me, are you Tim. How many? Me in the middle of my mistress monologue. Go ahead. Well, now, how many points has Devin Booker gotten in his first playoff game? <laughs> Zero. But his Bridges. first playoff game might be when he's like 27 and on the Lakers. And that's going to be weird when he breaks the record then. It's going to have a different kind of ring to it. Yeah, I see him as breaking Jordan's playoff single game uh, point record in a loss. Um, like I, I see, I see that future for him, but on our team, like, like on we'll the Knicks. No, 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 no. On our while he's on our team, we'll make the playoffs. We'll get like an eight or seven seed, and then we'll get swept by whoever the one or two seed is. But in game four, he'll just drop like seventy, but we'll lose by like forty. But it'll be fun, and everyone will take pictures and shit because that's what Phoenix Suns do. Uh, go ahead. You're you were saying you're talking about your mistress. Yeah, I I just want to add before that though. Leon Rose going to the Knicks was just the death net in in Devin Booker being a Phoenix Sun uh, for the next decade in my mind. Like that that really sealed it for me. Like the Knicks or the Lakers where he lives literally. Um, are now or the Warriors since Draymond's already courting him yeah that I just want to briefly go off on that like people who are pissed at Draymond like he didn't just randomly say that players talk to each other and there's no way that he said that shit without at least hearing from a good source that he's very unhappy yes should make every Suns fan nervous not pissed off at Draymond oh no it doesn't make me nervous I'm used to it yeah, it, well, it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't make me nervous because I, I think I even texted you a couple days ago. I see us having a starting five of like, what was it? Uh, Chris Paul or no, no, it wasn't that. No, good. not that good. It was like Mike Conley, Austin Rivers, Bridges, Mello, and Aiton in like two years. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> oh, I almost no, it was wanted. Tobias. Tobias Harris, that's who it was. I yeah, I, literally, I I can't talk about the Suns. I mean, our, our, okay, the, our fucking owner. Like, there's no way that our cheap ass owner is not like plotting how because he's actually losing money for the first time in his silver spoon up his ass life, and oh, I baby. I make some really horrible decisions. Um. But anyways, back to my mistress. Yeah, me and the Mavericks have my mistress and I. Sorry, we want to do proper grammar on the show. Uh, Thank you. We've we've been to dinner. We have a condo. I'm thinking about starting a second family with them. Uh, <laughs> plans to vacation post quarantine. You know that that actually would, I've I've already seen a Lifetime movie about like quarantine, like kind of love story thing. The whole second family thing would be a really interesting, like, comedy angle for someone to take up in this quarantine. Like, something that Judd Apatow should probably be looking into right now. Um, you you have you have so much time on your hands that you're watching Lifetime quarantine movies. No, I'm not. I didn't watch it. I saw the advertisement for it. It's like it's like. Two okay, so that means you're. Oh, hold on, hold on. That means you're watching Lifetime. No, 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 no. I was watching the the basketball games yesterday on ABC. 
And they, they had okay, an- so, was I, so was I. I don't remember seeing Lifetime ads, but okay, go ahead. I'll send it to you. It's it's really interesting. It's like these two teenagers that like live across the street from each other or whatever, and they just stare at each other through a window. It's everything I was for from a really shitty quarantine movie. All they're, right. a world, they're a world apart, but also just a street apart. But go ahead. Yeah, I, I think like the title is something stupid, like staring out windows. I'm not even kidding. Like. <laughs> It was just everything. It was everything that I like. I I wanted out of a horrible quarantine movie. I'm probably gonna watch it too because I'm so desperate for new content. Um, yeah, we have we haven't done a movie review in a while, so that that'll be good. We should review Milan when it comes out because <laughs> that's gonna be like the only new big movie for like a really long ass time. Now, I mean, we'll we'll talk about this in other podcasts, but you need to see Defy Bloods. It's really good. Yeah, I, I don't know how I, I missed that one. Netflix kind of buried it, or maybe it was just like I, I don't know. Maybe it was just like on my profile or whatever. Like I saw it the first day it came out, and then it was like just gone. Like I I couldn't find it for like I had to search for it or whatever. Like it wasn't like popping up constantly. Yeah, watch it. We'll do a review. It's really good. Good. I this is like what I envision hell being like, just kind of litigating. Um, how screwed my sports franchises are. Um, let's talk about something a little bit more uh, cheerful. Uh, let's talk about politics. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> in America. In All right, so it, it, in a land where we give John Kasich 15 minutes and we give AOC 60 seconds. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss this to you because – I mean, I think like three months ago, you handed out the winner on the pod uh, for Miss Kamala Harris. I am, by the way, people have texted me about this already. I am not thrilled to be in the same company as Tucker Carlson. Who no, no, no. It's it's pronounced two. It's pronounced Tucker Carlson. Right. I'm not. I'm not proud to be in that camp. That can't say her name right. I was not doing it intentionally back then. I will be better. But Tony. You've made our listeners a lot of money. Um, bask in your 15 seconds of fame. I mean, so, Tim, when you're a gambler such as I... No, I'm kidding. I mean, it just... I assumed that Biden was going to pick someone who challenged him because that's just kind of... That's why I figured he was going to want on the campaign trail someone who could actually do the stuff that he's generally not good at. Um, he's generally not good at, you know, doing attacks. He's generally not good at bringing a lot of energy. Social um, media. <laughs> he's not good at social media. She is. Yeah. 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 To, to put it lightly. And so in a candidacy and in a race that there isn't going, the campaign trail is going to be more of a campaign timeline or a campaign uh, Instagram feed uh, as opposed to actually going out and shaking people's hands because that's by all accounts what Joe Biden's actually good at. So what he's doing now, he's trying to adapt and he's trying to change and you know, I, I think the pick of Kamala is a is an, an acknowledgement of that, and I do think that it's the right pick um, for a plethora of reasons. But the reason 
mainly the reason why I thought that it was going to happen is because she's so dynamic and because she doesn't have to be in person to be captivating because we've all watched her on TV. We've all watched her Mm -hmm. give speeches and she's very capable of giving very powerful speeches. I think what she's done so far has left me wanting a little bit more of the intro to her campaign uh, Kamala Harris, I think she's kind of, I, 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 I don't, I hesitate to say that she's trying to be a little too practiced, but I, I want her to kind of just be who she was at the beginning of the candidacy before right. they did that whole reboot, because I think what she was doing at the beginning, how she was bringing that uh, questioning Justice Kavanaugh, now Justice Kavanaugh energy, she was bringing a lot of that, and that was great. That was exactly what I think Joe Biden needs because he needs energy. He needs someone who's, you know, as trite and as used as the phrase is, someone that's going to actually prosecute the case, as it were, because that's what she's good at. She's good at going after specific points. She's good at being focused. And she's just she's a phenomenal, phenomenal questioner. So I can't wait for it. I'll be the first person to say that I'm, I can't wait for the VP debates. Um, allow me to be the first person, but it's, I mean, yeah, I, I hand out winners, Kamala Harris and sports not happening, uh, early July. It's what I do. Um, so hopefully I can give you out some more winners. Uh, yeah. Tim, what was, you know, what did you want to say? You know, the, <laughs> I, I want to preface what I'm about to say with, I think the coverage has been about 90% positive. And in our country right now, I think that's about as good as you're going to do. I think it's better than we could have even expected. I think that there has been very small circles that are criticizing her on some very, very unfair grounds. Yes, I and and I was gonna want to speak to that if I may. Um, I want to do I want to do one though really quick. The most ridiculous one that I've heard is that she will be. There was this this narrative that she's going to be campaigning for president while she's in the vice president office, and how how horrible that would be. And I I don't know how much stupider you can get than to have a take like that when. Guy who is our nominee right now was vice president for eight years and clearly wanted to be president. Like have hiring people who are aspirational and want to move up. When has that ever been a bad thing? Like it's, it's bizarre. Like I knew that there was going to be these attacks that like a man wouldn't have to deal with. Like I, I knew that was going to, I was just going to say, but some of them are so fucking lazy like that one where it's like, the guy who's the nominee right now is guilty of that. Like, yeah, yeah, but when we see when we see that, that doesn't challenge our idea of who the president is. Kamala Harris challenges the idea of what every single person who would have a problem with it. It challenges what they see the president as being, because even yeah. Barack Obama, a constitutional law professor at the University of Chicago, even that. 
challenge them just because of the color of their skin. Now take mm-hmm. gender into account. And she didn't even go to an Ivy League. She didn't even go to a T14 law right. school. For those of you that don't know top 14, it's, a, it's the top tier of law schools. She went to Hastings. And it's just, it's it's this whole, and her parents are immigrants. And it's just this whole, it's challenging what people think the presidency, not even is, should be. Because mm-hmm. that's, that they think the presidency should be Trump, Biden, etc. And so it's, it's that issue. And by the way, the complaints of her record a decade ago or 15 years ago, allow me to just say this. Um, yeah, she made a lot of mistakes. She, her record on truancy, her record on uh, the prison industrial complex, the, her record on a multitude of things that were on drugs. It's not great. But when you make a mistake and then afterwards you say that you made a mistake and you're trying to learn from it and then your policy afterwards says that you're changed, that you've changed your mind, that's called self-reflection. That's called learning. That's called oh, leadership. Try, try, yeah, it's called leadership. It's called trying to become a better person and become a better leader and become a better um, candidate or a better just overall person. And so I actually find it endearing to watch her in an interview talk about her mistakes and for her to just say they're a mistake as opposed to calling it fucking fake news or as opposed to calling it some mm-hmm. hoax or whatever. She just says, yeah, yeah, my record on drugs is not great. And in fact, I even did them. So in retrospect, it was a very big mistake. So, you know, I'm trying to learn from it and I'm trying to make my record reflect that. And, you know, she was very young when she became HE. It was 10 years ago. She was 45 years old. And so it's... If you really want to condemn people for stuff that they used to do, you're going to be very surprised to see what Donald Trump was doing 15, <laughs> 20 years ago, much less 30, 40, 50 years ago. So, I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, it, 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 it disappoints me when I see people just saying, well, well, oh, have you seen this article? Yes. I've I've done my auto research on Kamala Harris. Thank you. I don't need to be reminded of some of the policy positions that she had. Keyword just had. She no longer has them because she's attempting to actually learn and better herself as opposed to other people. So, you know, and she has yet to, you know, be vice president. She has yet mm-hmm. to hold that office. So hopefully she'll follow through on some of the things that she said. But currently she's saying the right things and she doesn't have the office to do the right things yet. And she seems genuine. I might be just, you know, I might, I might be sucked in. I might be naive. Who knows? But I do know that she's at least showing that she understands that she's capable of making mistakes. If you are to believe Donald Trump, he's the first person in recorded human history to never have made a mistake, which I find that hard to believe. Yeah. Uh, you know what the thing with her record and you've kind of addressed all, you know, a lot of it, uh, a lot of the stuff that I would say, but the, the, the thing I would add is this, is that during Obama's presidency, um, something that's been kind of lost is that 
during his presidency, there there were several moments where there were protesters across the Rose Garden uh, where Trump had protesters uh, tear gassed in uh, that little park across. Several times there were protesters there that were very liberal who were saying he wasn't doing enough on things such as affordable housing. Um, and Which he wasn't. And, and by, we're pushing him. We're pushing him to fulfill the promises that he made when campaigning. And the thing with Kamala is, is if you don't believe that, you know, that she's changed or reformed, I mean, you, to say that you're not going to vote for is absurd when you know you can't push the orange guy anywhere near where you want, where you want actual criminal justice reform to go. With her, she can be pushed. And she's shown that, that she can be pushed towards a progressive you know, agenda. And if she gets in office and isn't doing what she said she would do, it's not inappropriate to then do the same thing those protesters did during Obama's presidency and say, hey, we elected you. We, we, we want these policies in place. And you said you would do it for us. What the hell? Um, and also, and also what, what better person to uh, – or who would be more willing to be molded and who would be more willing to listen to the electorate than someone who's trying to run for president, say in 2024 and 2028. Like, I, I think it's a strength. I think it's, I, I just, I think it's a huge strength because I think that, yeah, no, it's, it's it, gotten it more. Progressive. Exactly. She's gotten more progressive as she's been in Congress, as she's been in the public eye, she's gone, She's gotten much more progressive. And I think over the next four years, you know, if God willing, if, if she's elected over the next four years, it presents an incredible opportunity, I think, um, you know, to, to, to see what kind of president, which, what kind of president she would be firsthand. I mean, we, we know one thing she can, she can do the job. Like she wants to do the job. She would be good at it. And I think that's really all that we can ask for. You know, I, people were upset about the Susan Rice thing. And I, I'm not, I don't even care about the Benghazi stuff. I think it matters that she hadn't run. Um, she had never run a campaign. I think that matters. That's, that's I think, the biggest thing. I if think that matters. It, it, if you're going to be a president who's said that he wants that he's probably just going to be a one-term president, then whoever that that then ostensibly means that you need to pick someone as vice president who's going to be ready in four years to run, assuming right. you win. And so, I don't know about you, but I would be, feel much more comfortable. And I think this pick shows that the Biden camp was thinking the same thing. I feel more comfortable with someone who's already gone through that process who's already mm -hmm. stood on a stage with 74 other people running for president um, and was able to make a name for herself. Um, and I think she's her up there by miles, oh, by, <laughs> by far. And if her social team could have just not been tweeting out from her personal account during <laughs> the debate, that would have helped. I know um, that drives me crazy. I, I love that. <laughs> and and already had made t-shirts for some for a moment that seemed not planned and not canned 
uh, and then you just show that it 100% was prepped. I, I was so excited because it was such a cool moment and then you just ruined it. But that's a separate, that's a separate issue. Um, she's, she's by far the most dynamic person on the stage with possibly, possibly, um, a second would be Pete Buttigieg because he's, he's such an eloquent speaker, not nearly Mm -hmm. the energy or vocab (laughs) that Kamala does, but that's, but yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I, I just, I don't think it can be stressed enough how important uh, being a good speaker and being able to motivate people is uh, when being president for all the shit that I hate about Trump. That is the only thing he does well is standing up in front of a crowd and motivating them. Granted, he's motivating them using horrible tactic, but you know, one of the common threads of, of presidents, at least two term presidents has been, they're really fucking good speakers. And I think Kamala, yeah, and- I think Kamala, honestly, I don't know who I'd put in front of her in terms of speaking ability right now, who could be president, because obviously I think Obama might be the best speaker we have. I think he has the belt for right now. (laughs) And Michelle might be, might even be better than him. No question. Michelle's speech last night. No question. She's sorry. We don't have time to go into that, but She would be an unbelievable politician if she, if she ever wanted it. She just clearly doesn't, and I actually respect her more for it. <laughs> I'm so I'm so happy for her because she's bet she's better than it. But I, I'm I, I don't even know what I I don't even know what I was going to say. I'm just I, I'm very much looking forward to uh, this candidacy in a way that I don't think that I was before. There were some names that are getting. What was that? He made the right pick. I, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not a secret on this podcast who I think the right pick was. But I mean, I just I think that this is going to be very good for her. I think this is going to be very good for the party, and also mm-hmm. she cares about the environment, <laughs> which is great. Uh, I, I, it, I I I haven't heard anything from Biden uh, about the environment. Uh, which was one of the main reasons why he did not get my vote in the primary. Um, not the number one issue since AOC got a hold of him. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sure. Sure. Um, but you know, I'm 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 very much hoping that maybe AOC, Bernie, Elizabeth Warren, and Kamala can you know get him in a room and they can start actually talking about this kind of stuff. Um, I, I'm very hopeful. Um, hopefully it's not false hope. Um, I, 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 I'm, I have too much PTSD from 2016 to believe polls, uh, right now, um, because right. poll wise doing very well, uh, popular vote wise. So it's I mean, the alternative, you know, sorry, it's better than if we were down six points, it's better than the alternative, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I know, as I just said that, um, there's probably more, there's probably a handful of people listening, like, but that's not how you win the, the election. I, I, yeah, it's okay. okay. I, I understand. <laughs> we understand. I'm, I'm, I'm well aware that you haven't won a uh, popular vote since 2004. And then since then <laughs> HW, I'm, I'm well aware, but you still have the majority of the court. That's, that's fine. 
that's our electoral system. That's what's going on here. Um, and we can litigate why that's our electoral system another time. Because right now, I think is mo- the most important thing is I'm happy that Kamala Harris is the nominee. Um, she has concerns. Um, and she has said that she's trying to learn from them, which I find endearing. Some people find it nails on a chalkboard. They'd rather just believe that Donald Trump has never done anything wrong or they don't care about the wrong things he's done. I I don't know. Uh, you'd have to ask them to explain that one. But yeah, Kamala Harris, vice presidential uh, nominee pick for the Democratic Party. I'm happy. Um, hopefully she gets more speaking time at the convention than Joe Biden does. <laughs> hmm. Well, I hate to... Uh end this so suddenly, but, uh, in proof that we actually are students, um, I have to run to class now. So we, we are, <laughs> are going to end this podcast. Um, you know, where to find us on Instagram. Uh, we've both been doing a lot of stuff on there recently. So give us a follow. Um, and thanks guys. Uh, and we'll, we'll hopefully, uh, talk at you soon. Tony. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the bubble should be interesting, even though I'm, far too busy to uh, watch or listen to anything other than the uh, text updates I get from you since you're not busy at all. <laughs> yeah, trust me. I'll, I'll keep you informed. All right. All right. Thanks guys for listening. Rate, subscribe, review, all that stuff. You know where to find us. And this has been the Tim and Tony podcast. Jadef, play us out. Rather have no part than anything Rather have no part